Good morning. Uh, just a reminder, we're starting a new member class on February 16th. That's a Thursday evening at 6 p.m., and we'll, it will last for six weeks. So if you or anyone you know is interested in joining, please feel free to let me know or contact the church office. The Old Testament reading for this, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, is from the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit teaches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, 
But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Everyone loved hearing what Jesus had to say. Jesus was hitting home run after home run with every speech he gave. He was going through the region of Galilee, telling people things like, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And the people loved hearing it. It was so comforting. Everyone mourns. How good to know the Christ was actually going to do something so we don't have to mourn forever. It was great. Jesus was going throughout Galilee and saying to the people that they are the light of the world. They'd never heard this before. They were actually light. Their Jewish teachers always seemed to treat them like trash, like they were never doing the right things or never doing enough of the right things. But here Jesus is telling them that they were the light of the world. How amazing! It's home run after home run. But then Jesus told them something that made them stop. He said something that just took the air out of all of them. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. How were they supposed to do that? How were these common people supposed to be holier than the scribes and the Pharisees? I mean, that would be like telling a modern day Roman Catholic they need to be holier than their bishop or even holier than the Pope himself. And if you don't, you won't get into heaven. It would be like hearing you need to be holier than the favorite preacher you watch on TV. And if you don't, you won't get into heaven. So all those people wondered, how can we do this? How can we be holier than them? How can we be more right with God than our own spiritual leaders? So how are we supposed to be holier than the holiest people we know? How are we supposed to do that? That may seem impossible. After all, we know our sins that we've done. 
We know what we've done against our husband or our wife. How can we fix what we've done wrong so we're able to enter heaven? And then we realize we can't. How are we supposed to mend the broken bridges with our neighbors? You know, the men and women we've committed adultery against maybe years ago, decades ago. And whether it's in the flesh or whether it's in the heart and mind, that doesn't matter. It's all the same from God's perspective. So how are we supposed to fix that? How are we supposed to make all of that better? We can't. Or better yet, how are we supposed to unslander all of the many, many people we have talked about throughout our whole lives? You know, I've been with many people as they've died over the years. And you know, one of the biggest regrets people have It's that they said something to someone that they feel so sorry for. And they never got to tell someone, I'm sorry. And that could have happened 50 years ago. And they're racked with guilt about it. So how are we supposed to unspeak the horrible words we've said about people over the years? Whether it was back in grade school Or what we said to our own mom or dad. Or what we said to our own son or daughter. How are we supposed to fix that? Do we say seven nice things for every bad thing we've ever said? Will that fix it in God's eyes? We're in trouble. Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Those Pharisees studied the scriptures 10 hours a day. They had whole books of the Bible completely memorized word for word. They ate the right foods, dressed the right way, said the right things. How are we supposed to exceed them? I can't, you can't, we can't. No one can outdo them. But Jesus can, and Jesus did. There is one thing the scribes and the Pharisees could never do right for God. No matter how many books of the Bible they memorized, They could never make God happy by dying in the place of sinners. No matter how many right foods they ate, they could never offer to God a right sacrifice for the sins of all the people of the entire world. And no matter how perfectly clean the scribes and Pharisees made their lives look, all of their many, many efforts could never make themselves clean in the eyes of God. None of our efforts can make us clean in the eyes of God. But Jesus can. Jesus knew there was a way to be holier than even the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus knew a way to pass them by a million miles. And so Jesus, the sinless Son of God offered his own life on a cross 
as a sacrifice for all people. He offered a sacrifice stretching back all the way to Adam and Eve and up to the last baby that was just born today. He offered a perfect sacrifice on the cross that covers every man, woman, and child in all of creation. He offers a perfect sacrifice for you, for all of you here today. Jesus died on a cross for you. He died in your place. He did it so that in his own body, all of your sins could die with him on the cross. We can't do anything to make up for our sins. We can't apologize enough for our sins. There's no way for us to do it. But there is another way to get rid of sin. There's another way to get rid of our sins. They can die. And that is what Jesus did. He died on the cross so your sins could die with him. Your sins are gone. They are dead. Every single one of them died with Jesus on the cross. And you know what? That is why Jesus can call you the light of the world today. You are not some light because you have lived a great life. No, you are the light of the world because Jesus lived a perfect life for you and gives that to you. You are the light of the world. Not because you've asked for forgiveness from every single person in your life you have wronged. I mean, let's face it, we would all need many, many lives to do that. No, you are the light of the world because Jesus Christ forgives you. It's that simple. Jesus, God in the flesh, forgives you of all those sins. And because of that, you are more righteous than even the scribes and the Pharisees. You are the light of the world because you have a faith in Christ that all of the world can see. Does that mean you are 100% faithful all the time, every day? Of course not. But Jesus Christ is faithful to you 100% of the time, all day, every day. And he always will be. And now through you, the world sees how faithful Christ is to you and always will be. You are the light of the world because you have hope knowing that death will not be the end of you. And what a light that is in this dying world. I think it's so sad. The unbelievers in this world die having no hope of an eternal life. They die with no hope of meeting loved ones in the faith. They die with no hope. Isn't that sad? I cannot even comprehend what an unbeliever must go through when they are done. Because they will try to come up with all kinds of philosophies about what will happen to them after they die. But none of them are true. None of them are real. But you, the light of this world, you know what will happen when you die. You will be with Christ and all the saints immediately. As Jesus himself said to the thief on the cross, today 
you will be with me in paradise. Jesus Christ has already defeated your death for you. He did it on Easter morning. And because of that, you are a light in this very dark world. Today, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. No problem. We've got this covered. Because our righteousness does not come from ourselves, does it? Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ and only because of Jesus Christ, we have exceeded all of the scribes and the Pharisees because our righteousness is in Christ. And because of him, all of you are now made right in the eyes of God the Father. You are accepted into the kingdom of heaven. You are welcomed into heaven itself, not by our own efforts. You are accepted and will be welcomed with open arms because of Christ. You really are the light of the world. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.